What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fan and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinion on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 190. Hard to believe it's 190 already. That's crazy. And I think we've missed a few the last couple of months, so we'd be right. approaching 200. Uh, ben is uh, on, on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday afternoon. Ben is enjoying watching currently uh, Ohio State lose to who are they playing again? Penn State. Penn State. Penn State. Penn State. So. Uh, if you hear any kind of random uh, noises, whether it be of joy or pure sadness from him while we're recording, I assure you, no need for a wellness check. He's fine. Uh, it's just he's watching college football and um, in his happy place. So, eh, it, I, I'm not as psyched about this as I would be for 7.30 p.m. tonight. Well, of course At not. Ann Arbor, yeah. when little brother gets their ass beat. <laughs> and what, what would that be for those who aren't familiar? Uh, little brother is Michigan State. All right, there we go. There we go. It's funny too because I, <laughs> I'm taking a, I'm taking a photography class. Uh, yes, and it's, it's through Michigan State, and I told you that, and you act, you acted like when I said that, like I was an alumni that had like tattoos all over me, and I'm like, dude, I'm taking online courses. Calm down. <laughs> like you acted like I walked up with like Michigan State garb all over me. <laughs> Of course, this is coming from the guy who uh, who's actively going to Purdue University online. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, which, yeah. Which so. is, if, if you don't know, which is a Big Ten school as well. So, a rival it's, of Michigan. A rival. Well, let's. Well, Chris, Chris, okay, okay. Chris, on, rivals, on paper, on paper, on paper. But let's be real. Purdue hasn't been relevant in football. I don't think ever. I just but, be careful with the stones I throw because. You couldn't, right. you couldn't really call Michigan and Ohio State a rivalry until last year for a long time because it was pretty one-sided. That is, that is factual. So, that is factual. I mean, you never know. Rivalries don't have to mean they're equal talent, just they don't like each other. That's true. That's Because I'm a Sox fan, let's be honest. For a long time, the Sox-Yankees rivalry was really just the Yankee beat down of Boston. Uh, until, of course, you know, the Red Sox got some guys in the front office who got their head out of their ass, and then they let them go, and we are where we are today. Yes, <laughs> so, we are. Woo. Um, we don't want to sign anybody except players there to two all coming from other teams. Oh boy. Or, or exceptional role players, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. We Let's don't, do we that. don't, we don't want to pay our homegrown talent that is already established in the community. And we, we'd rather pay a free agent who's being hired as an essentially a hired assassin to come play for our team and would leave in a heartbeat. So that's where we are in Red Sox nation. Woo. Um, other fan bases are much happier right now, though. Like those of the Astros and the Phillies. There you go. As uh, the World Series was underway last night. And uh, look, to a lot of people, like the Astros are going to roll over game one. They got out to a 5 nothing lead. The Phillies then tied it and went to extra innings and won game one. Uh, so Ben and I did predictions beforehand. I said Phillies in six. I'm not a fan of either team. Don't really care. They both lost. I wouldn't give a damn. Uh, but I think the Phillies, there's just something magical about that team this year. You watch yeah. him play. There's something. Bryce Harper is on a hot streak. Like, love him or hate him, he's on a hot streak. Like, I haven't seen it in a long time. Like, David Ortiz, like, hot streak, honestly, in, in the postseason. Uh, and the Astros are certainly good enough to win. They had Verlander on the hill last night. So, having losing a game that he starts is kind of a big hit for them because he's one of the guys they depend on to go out there and lock down the game. And, okay, we're going to win this game with Verlander on the hill. They didn't. Uh, certainly, at seven games, you never know what could happen. Ben picked Astros in five, which means they have to win out now, which is certainly possible. I'm still going Phillies in six. 
uh, I, I just, I don't know, something special about that team and some of the players, the way they're hitting right now. It's 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 October baseball, man. You got to forget what you saw all year. You never know. It's it's Now it's just this is the one game that's happening, and you just got to win. No, you got to win four out of seven. And you do that, doesn't matter what happened the rest of the year, doesn't matter what your record was. Uh, and to those that would argue the Phillies are a lesser team than the Astros, uh, I would just ask you to look at the divisions of of both teams because uh, it's not as cut and dry as you might think. Look at uh, the, uh, the the AL West where the Astros are. And again, they won 106 games. They beat a lot of teams that aren't under division. Not, not trying to knock them, just saying. The wins aren't necessarily equivalent, but look at the teams in their division. The second best team in the Astros division is Seattle, who had a very good year. Mm-hmm. And, and they have a lot to look forward to. They're putting together a nice team. They have a great young player in Julio Rodriguez. But then they have the Angels, the Texans, and, and, the, and the A's, who are one, a couple of the worst teams in baseball in their division also. Uh, now, <laughs> the Phillies also have the Marlins and uh, the, the Sen- Senators. Jesus. <laughs> um, Nationals. <laughs> Going back to the 50s there. In their division, who are just as bad as the Texans and Oakland. However, they also have two 100-win teams in their division, but the Mets and the uh, Braves. So, yeah, they only, they only won 87 games, but uh, in one of the more competitive divisions in the entire uh, league. So, you know, that might not account to anything for anybody, but it is a little something that kind of makes it, you know, you lose a lot of those one-run games, those close games, uh, division games, and it, it changes things pretty quickly record-wise. But the Phillies are a formidable opponent, obviously, or they wouldn't be there. So that's why I went with them, but who knows. And I think your point, uh, the earliest point you made was is just right on cue. It's it's October. Everything is thrown out. These two teams made it to the World Series, but that game one, boom, anything can happen. And, you know, I think they're well matched up. Phillies needed to push hard in the second half to to be in the position they're in because you know the Mets for the longest time the Mets were front running that division and mm-hmm. look where they're at now. So anything can happen. We saw game one. They pulled out. They pulled out in front five nothing. Phillies came back, capped it off. You could see a whole different game. Game two. I just. I think the Astros are still going to do it in five. I'm not going to pull off of that. However, if the Phillies win game two or game three, obviously my, my prediction's out the door. But I just I just thought from what I saw from the beginning and the fact that they have just been running through everyone, I just thought it was almost a foregone conclusion that they were just going to run through the Phillies and, and, and clinch the World Series pretty pretty handily. But – We'll see. Yeah, it'll it'll. I think it'll be a fun series. I don't think you're gonna see. I don't think it ends in four. I don't think it's a sweep. It, this could be one of. The, I can see this being as much as I, I I just said I picked the Phillies in six. That's just an estimate, I guess. Obviously, uh, I could see this easily being a seven game World Series where several games go to extra innings. Um, because as like I said, as different as the records are, both of these teams have major major firepower in the lineup and mm-hmm. uh, you know 
if they have to pitch to Bryce Harper, he's as hot as anybody right now. So, all right, on to the NFL. Uh, and I don't know where you want to start. Um, start with the standings. Uh, going to start with some of the disappointments sure. to this point. I mean, we're going into week eight. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen we've seen enough. We're almost at the halfway point of the season, a little under the halfway point of the season. Yeah. Actually, with the new 17-game schedule, uh, technically next week is the halfway point. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up this Tuesday. There's been a couple of moves. We talked about McCaffrey to the 49ers last week. Uh, Robert Quinn got traded to the Eagles <laughs> after he disrupted the Patriots on Monday night. And, um, you know, there's been some continued disappointments. There's been some surprises. There's been some nice comebacks to guys being where we thought they would be. Uh, I don't know. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Patriots quarterback situation and how that's been made into a thing that I don't I don't think it's as big a deal as most of the pundits, and I use that term loosely, seem to think it is. But um, let's go division. We'll go. Want to go just division by division, and we'll just name off our biggest surprise, you know, quickly. Sure. Of each division, instead of just going over the weekly results, everybody knows that already. I mean, it's where <laughs> tomorrow is week eight, so we don't need to go over week seven now. Um, <laughs> one of the bigger surprises. Uh, when the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson, people thought this team was dead in the water. Uh, and then they gave, I believe it was they traded Russell Wilson, and they gave DK Metcalf a contract extension. I think that was after the trade, I believe. Uh, and I think that kind of showed, even though they traded their, quote, star quarterback, that this wasn't a team that was laying down, rolling over, and giving up. They still wanted to keep their impact players. They just didn't feel it was going to work with Russ anymore. And, man, did they know something we didn't at the time. Holy cow. Um, You know, you got Seahawks 4-3, and three, and then the Rams, Niners, and Cardinals all 3-4. and four. Uh, No, excuse me. Rams are 3-3. Three and three. They had a bye week. So... It's, it's right there. It's still anybody's division. Nobody's running away with it by any means. Uh, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's odd. They're the highest-scoring team in that division. And, and look at the firepower on all three of those other teams. And the one thing that the Rams and Cardinals have is they have their established star quarterback. They have Matthew Stafford. Who knows how much longer he has. He's had some injury history. Kyler Murray... You know, if he's not too busy playing Call of Duty, he's one of the better, the, the the better as far as you know potential. Once he fulfills his potential, players in the league, young players, we'll see where that goes. Um, but I mean, this this is not how I pictured this division, and Seattle is hanging in there, and they're they're playing good football, and they have obviously good coaching and good management. Uh, maybe even great, honestly, the way they've been going. We've been able to maintain this. And, um, yeah, I mean, Seattle's got to be my biggest surprise in that whole. Uh, I'm going to go more at the positive end of things rather than negative in mm -hmm. this one. Um, there's a lot of things. The Rams, even though they won, Super Bowl hangover. The Niners have had injuries and consistency at positions. Um, even last week, yeah, they got manhandled by KC. Oh, you got McCaffrey and you got manhandled. Yeah, you had him for a day and a half. He didn't have time right. to study the playbook. He essentially was like I formation run up the middle in the old um, you know, like Deion Sanders primetime football game. <laughs> you know, that's all that's all he had time to learn. So give him give him another week to actually study the playbook. And I think 
CMC is going to be just fine in San Francisco as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, Seahawks are biggest surprise to me. I I can't disagree with that. Um, just to uh, bring up that point, yes, he got a three-year, seventy-two million dollar extension uh, for DK up in Seattle. So here's how I look at it, and then I, I'm not going to dig into all the teams. I'm just going to bring up the point. Seattle, unlike, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on the Niners, and there's a couple other teams you could bring up on this case. Um, Seattle made a decision, and I think it was not, not, not so much correct, Chris, but it was correct to make a decision, and that was at quarterback. They said, okay, we're going to make a decisive choice on which way we're going. We're sending him out of town while we can send him out of town at his highest point. Uh, you can debate whether or not he was still a top-tier quarterback, but they got a top-tier top -tier, um, draft pick compensation and player compensation for him. Good for the Seattle Seahawks. They made the decision, uh, and I think they made the right move by – because there, how many rumors there were on Tyler Lockett – on DK Medcalf. Oh, yeah. Players on other teams tweeting, Instagram messaging, you know, to come to this team, come to that team. DK got his contract. Tyler still is under his contract. Uh, they they gave the reins to Geno Smith, and they made a calculated decision. Unlike the, the Niners, who they're still kind of – Dosey doing with their quarterback situation. Now, they were put in a position where Jimmy G got the job because Trey Lance got injured. So fortunate for them, they they kept Jimmy G, but they're still kind of going back and forth on which way they're going to go. And now this offseason, they're going to have to make a decision. Do we give Jimmy G a new contract? Or is Trey Lance got the job? And now you don't have that security blanket because you're not going to, they're not going to pay Jimmy G that much money to be a backup. They can't, they can't afford it. So, and, and I think they're, I think like I'm thinking of like one or two other teams. Uh, Carolina's kind of mishandled it a little bit and then, or a lot of it. And then the Packers kind of mishandled it as well mm -hmm. over the past few years. And I think, and I know I, I talk about this a lot, the quarterback situation, the quarterback situation, but that's kind of like, it's pivotal. College, pro. That's the position because the the ball goes through the quarterback on every single offensive play. Yep. So, I mean, unless you count Wildcat, which small percentage, but that, it, it's pivotal. And Geno Smith has been, you can say what you want about game manager. He's been efficient with the ball. He's been good. And good. And and here's the crazy part, Chris. They're having the same running back situation they've had for years where, okay, we're going to go with this guy and this guy. Injury, injury. But, there's, but, but we're not having this same situation as we've had in previous years where the team is not as productive. Now, it is still early, early in the uh, season, but, like you said, they're leading the division. They're four and three. And 
as crazy as it is, they're one of the top teams in in the uh, in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not. And Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll's not washed up. He just Russell Wilson was the team. Subtract Russell Wilson for all the talent he is, for the mobility, the accuracy on the deep ball, the accuracy from the pocket. They subtracted him and they put a new guy in. And not even the guy they traded for. The guy they already had in in house. They gave him the job, and they got other pieces, mm-hmm. first-round picks. This team is set up to where now I think this team's on the cusp of this pat this offseason coming up on which route they're going to go, and we can discuss that down the road as we look through the season and, and whether or not Geno Smith will show his, his warts, what they're going to do in the draft, what they're going to do going forward at quarterback position running back position, offensive line. We'll see how that comes out. But for right now in the situation we're in, I think Seattle is is a surprise yeah. in the positive. Pleasant surprise. Yep. And, and and if I'm the Rams, if I'm the Niners, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm staring up like whether we have solid quarterback play or not, we're staring up at the Seattle Seahawks and like, wow. They got rid of their star quarterback, and we're staring up at him. That that should ring, that should ring something with all three of those teams. Oh, and it's funny you mentioned that because that's I told you before we started recording. I had uh, a question for you um, mm-hmm. after after we go through these divisions, and you mentioned didn't go after a quote big name starter at quarterback, even though they were out there. And take a look at some of the guys they may have been able to get that were available and the guys who traded away and what they went with. And that all kind of ties into my question uh, and, and my, I don't know, I guess presentation, <laughs> for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, uh, makes it sound really long. It's not. It's just, um, yeah, it's something I, I want to run by. It's interesting. Very interesting. Okay. okay. So now that I made some moves on my fantasy team while you were talking there. Uh, Good job. Had, yeah, I had I had to get it in there somehow, and I was like, I'll do it now. I got other stuff to do later in the day, so <laughs> I might forget. And then next thing you know, picked up Van Jefferson in my other league. I had oh, Debo. Nice. I had no other receivers available. I had picked up Kadarius Tony originally because he went to uh, um, KC from KC. the Giants. Yeah, I mean, he could end up being a huge starter. He could be great. He's he's flashed in New York, but apparently there's also issues with like attitude and staying on the field. So I'm like, you know what? The The Rams need a boost at receiver for some reason. They have Cup, who's phenomenal. And Allen Robinson just hasn't worked out the way they thought he would there. It hasn't really worked for him. He, funny, the best quarterback he's ever played with, and he's the least production he's ever had. Uh, in fairness, it's also farther along in his career. Who knows what a young Allen Robinson or younger, you know, year one, year two Allen Robinson would do with Stafford. But uh, Jefferson's definitely going to be a nice boost for them. So hopefully, because that team needs all the help we can get. Uh, my fantasy team, that is. Uh, okay, on to we'll go in order here. I wonder what this one's gonna be. The uh, the NFC South. We have the <laughs> Falcons three and four, Bucks three and five, Panthers and Saints both two and five. Um, I thought for sure Baker coming into the Panthers would be a much bigger impact than it was. 
I don't know what happened. He lost his confidence, whatever it may be. But again, while I certainly don't like uh, Deshaun Watson and, and all the publicity he got going to Cleveland, uh, I can understand the want for a change and not making Baker the guy if that's what the Browns were seeing is what we're seeing in Carolina now from him. So um, they handled it poorly. Then they made a poor decision as to who they brought in. But I understand the need for the change despite who it was for. Falcons with Mariota, I mean, you know, they're not killing it, but they're running all over the place. The running game's great, even with Cordero Patterson uh, out, um, who is really an electrifying player. Um, For whatever reason, in the league we're in, somebody dropped him because he's on IR, but he's going to come back. Right. And uh, I don't understand why they dropped him. Um, So I... I picked him up and put him in my IR because it's a big-time player. If he comes back week 13, 14, you're right there in a playoff hunt, playoff run, and you got a guy who can put up mega points a game. But my IR, was, IR, <clears throat> IR spot was empty anyway, so I'm like, ah, screw it, take a chance. So I went with him. Um, yeah. I don't know. The other, there's no other answer for me <laughs> other than the Bucks for, And this is as positive as the NFC West was. The NFC South is going to be a little bit more negative. Uh, good for the teams that are still fighting because even the Panthers and, and Saints, if they can figure it out, they're only a game back of first place, mm-hmm. uh, which can be made up in no time. Uh, and they all have to play against each other again. So this is another division that's still very much up in the air. The Bucks. I mean, we got we got notification yesterday that Brady's divorce was finalized and went through. Um, so, I mean, as much as we can say, oh, he's making all that money – People are still human, and there's distractions, and, um, you know, yeah, he's the goat, but he's still a human goat, <laughs> and uh, he's still going to feel things, and we're not going to talk about, well, I'm not anyways, the divorce, is we're not a, we're not a... Uh, I, I don't have time for that either. No, I mean, yet two people do what's best for themselves and their family in the long run, and good for them, and that's their personal choice, so uh, we're here to talk about the on-the-field stuff. He's not look good. He's look washed. Uh, distractions, maybe, uh, but I, I don't know. I think you, you, you would have thought Monday night uh, would have been the time. Monday they played the uh, – no, Thursday. Thursday, excuse me. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. I get, lose track of what day it is. Thursday they played the, the Ravens and lost. You would have thought that would be his comeback game because now he's getting his receivers back. The running game is still what it was last year. It didn't really change much personnel-wise. All right. Uh, they still have uh, what should be a pretty decent offensive line. Um, Brady's throwing for yards. This team just isn't scoring. And you have healthy Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back. Uh, you still have, you know, some other guys in the wings. Secondary guys are still very good. Julio Jones, you know, people seem to forget is still on that team. I don't know if he's healthy or not. I don't think so. But this team is like, it, it, it's they built, they had this super team the first year Brady went down there. Mm-hmm. And might I add, might I add, uh, I'm not one to spread rumors, uh, but it was pretty widely known without being known that one of the reasons Brady went from New England to Tampa Bay was because Giselle was tired of living in the Northeast. And and she made that pretty clear. So in order to make her happy, he left his team and legacy in New England <laughs> and went down to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that's worth. Um, and she still wasn't happy, anyways. So, 
don't know the reasoning there. Not my business, their personal life, but it's just kind of like, oof, that's, that, that, that's, you know, especially, you know, Tampa can't seem to find any answers. And the Patriots, while not perfect and still, you know, figuring out their footing, certainly appear to have a much brighter future overall right now. So there's that. And anyone calling for Belichick to be fired needs to just, I don't know, express your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll get there when we. Yeah, get yeah, there. yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, that's why I stopped. I was like, no, don't, don't, don't get carried away. That's going to be our last one we talk about. So, uh, yeah. But to me, to me, it's it's the Bucks and their inability to win football games. I mean, this team should be better than they are. They have the personnel, they have the experience, they have the leadership. Yeah. I don't want to hear that Brady can't play in this system because the coach doesn't work with him. Please, please, please. Arians was a Brady puppet. Todd Bowles is a Brady puppet, and I don't mean that they're not talented coaches. They are. But they're not going to go in there and tell Tom Brady what you've been doing for 24 years is, is, is working, so let's just change it up and not go with what works for you. That's not it. That's not it. Your team is not syncing up. That's what it is. Right. Chris, my, my actual surprise, I'm going to go a little negative on this one. I'm going to go the Saints. Okay. Now work with me here. I'm a little surprised that they're this bad. Now, I know they have inconsistencies, but Michael Thomas is supposed to be back. Chris Alave, rookie sensation, who probably the leader in the clubhouse for offensive rookie of the year. And then you obviously oh, yeah. Alvin Kamara. You would think even with Jameis Winston's injury, by the way, no. Andy Dalton is starting, supposedly starting this weekend with a healthy Jameis Winston. Yeah. So I thought we were going to see a little bit more. I thought we were going to see an evolution of the offense moving forward, even though, you know, Sean Payton's gone. I'm disappointed in how the Saints have progressed. I am going to make this statement about the entire division as a whole. Because I think the Panthers made the right decision about trading CMC. And as far as we talked about this last week, DJ Moore possibly, there's been rumors about Brian Burns, but that's just dumb. I think if you're a team and you have a talented player under the age of, I would say, 27, whether he's extended in a, in a a signed an extension or they're under their rookie contract, you should hold on to them. However, if you're the Saints, I mean, the Saints probably be the only other team to do this. Uh, but you should look at Michael Thomas right now. You should probably look at uh, any backups, running backs, because you could probably get a nice piece right now for one of your backups. I think they have um, Mark Ingram and I can't think of who else they have for backup. I wouldn't. Alvin Kamara's not going anywhere. No. Um, maybe some, some, some defensive pieces that are a little long in the tooth. I know he's been there forever, but um, the defensive end that I can't, he's on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of his name. He's been there forever, but I um, uh, can Cam, Cam um, Jordan. Cam Jordan, yeah. I, I might say thank you. You've been 
integral part of the the, the fabric of St. of New Orleans because he's been there his entire career. But that's someone I might look on, uh, look to move on from. Uh, as hey, far trade as him the to fa- a contender, do him a favor. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as the other two teams, if you're the Falcons, look, you're in a position where you're probably going to win. You might win the division. Therefore, you're not looking at a quarterback this uh, this this draft. So I would I would just go because they signed him to two years, right, Mariota? I believe so. Yeah. So I would just go forward with that. And the Bucks, I give it a point three percent chance that they would make any trades moving people out outside of being you know problems, uh, just because Tom Brady. Like Chris, it could be two and six right now, and they're not they're not going to trade anyone away. They might try to acquire pieces, but they're not going to trade anyone away. Uh, if I were the front office of the Buccaneers, I'm looking at this like, okay, I think Tom's done. Let me try to move some pieces out right now to help with the future, because as we know, Bucks mortgage their future. To win a Super Bowl, yeah, two years ago, which they did do. So, well, Jay, and a lot of teams do, and they don't, do, and it doesn't come through. So, I mean, at least they did it. Absolutely, the Rams kind of did the same thing yep. a little bit. Um, the Broncos did it, but it's not working so far. Like yeah. teams are doing it. The Cleveland Browns did it with Deshaun, and we're not, we don't know where that's going to be at yet. But they also traded for a younger quarterback. My point is, Chris, they need to build their assets now. But they're not going to do it because they got Tom still. And he's not – as you pointed out, Chris, he's not going to allow it to happen. So no. if, I'm that divi- if, I'm, if I'm in that division, I'm the Panthers, I'm the, the Saints, I'm looking at each player and I say, okay, what's their future with my team? Will they be a foundational piece? If they are a foundational piece, you keep them. If they're not – what kind of are there teams out there that would benefit from having this player outside of the quarterback position? Cause you're not trading for a quarterback right now. Um, can it, can it improve their team and how much can I get out? of it? That's what I'm doing because the bucks are going to be terrible next year or the year after. Yeah. I know they are already, but it's going to get worse. Um, and the Falcons, we don't really know what direction they're going. They're kind of building something. They got some talent. They what? They got Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London at wide receivers. That's a pretty good start. Oh yeah, let's not forget they still have Calvin Ridley under contract, even though he's not playing got, all year. That's right. And they got some nice defensive pieces. Not great, but nice defensive pieces. They're not going to piece it together with a, a young quarterback this postseason. This uh, this draft. Just my opinion. I don't think they're going to be there. Uh, however. Maybe you can finagle Jimmy G down in Atlanta. Maybe uh, you can finagle one of these young quarterbacks that haven't seen the field. You know, Trey Lance, Jordan Love. That's all I'm saying is is you're one of the two bottom teams in this division. Hey, just bottom out. Bottom out right now because Carolina's got to figure out who their head coach is going in the future. And New Orleans, I'm sorry. I'm disappointed. You need to 
figure out your path at quarterback. You, you got to blow it up and start over down there. You have Olave. Get rid of Thomas. Maybe maybe hold on to Kamara. I don't know. Uh, you need to blow it up down there. Get rid of some of the high-priced defensive players. Mm-hmm. You need a whole restructure. Whatever that team was with Breeze and Peyton, it's done. Like, right. move on. And you have to. T- Taysom, Dalton, Winston, none of them are the answer. Move on. Uh, just just uh, for your reference, Mariota signed a one-year deal. Uh, well, hold on. It, 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 effectively, a one-year deal, one for six point seven five, with a twelve million dollars second-year option, uh, uh, team option. Team option. I didn't uh, get exercise it. For second year, with a three million dollars roster bonus due the fifth daily, so essentially yeah. fifteen million. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, like that's Stand kind of a court. bargain for a good starting quarterback for exactly. a, a second year. He makes a significant pay increase. Mm-hmm. Gets to be a starter for another year. They can decide whether he's the guy or whether they move on from him. If, especially if they draft somebody coming mm-hmm. up. But they did draft somebody last year. Uh, 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 Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and I don't know if he's the answer. Who knows how good the kid's going to be. Wishy-washy, you never know. Guys, you're supposed to be stars. Always can always flop. Guys supposed to flop can always become stars. You never know. Right. Uh, but they did draft somebody last year, so depending on how they feel about him, I mean, I haven't heard any discussion about Mariota being benched. So regardless of what's happening, they're happy with how he's doing down there. Considering this team is in first place when they thought they were going to be an absolute mess. And another team where the guy they traded away isn't looking so hot. So Right. And the division is Chris, is the division gonna get better next nope. year? Yes or no? No. Is it gonna get better in it. is it gonna get better in two years? Could. Certain teams could, could get better. Certain teams Potential. could get better. Panthers could be better and Falcons could be better. Uh, the Bucks, I think, are going to have a hard road ahead of them because they more they put a lot on the line for these last couple seasons of success. And the Saints, yeah. if they go the right path and blow it up and rebuild, they could be much better in two years. Uh, so right now, the Falcons, the Falcons are in a position where they can say, "We've taken a step forward, even though they're sub five hundred. Yep, we've taken a step forward. We're looking at the teams right now; they're less than us." We're looking at the teams next year. It's like we have the potential with these two young, two talented young players on the perimeter, some defensive playmakers to make a push. They can make some noise and for the next two to three years be the team in the division and not have to expend a first-round pick on a young quarterback that mm, may be the answer, may not be the answer. No, I I think maybe you have your answer, and we'll see how that uh, transpires. To the NFC North, we have the Vikings at five and one, the Packers and Bears at three and four, and the lowly Lions at one and five. And I just got to say, the Lions are the best one and five team I've ever seen. Truthfully, like, yeah, they're not great, but they. I just have a feeling. In the next couple of years, this team is going to be halfway decent if they keep going on the same path. The defense needs some work, but there are some bright spots. Uh, and I don't think Jared Goff's the answer, but he's been okay this year. Amra St. Brown looks like a freaking star, like superstar caliber. He looks awesome. Hawkinson is very, very good. I don't think he's ever going to be the upper echelon like the Mark Andrews and the Travis uh-huh. Kelsey's, but he's a notch below, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then... <laughs> I mean, the rest of the division. For me, it's going to be really quick. Uh, 
I didn't expect the Lions to be world beaters. They're kind of where I thought they'd be. Bears, brand-new coaching staff, second-year guy, and Justin Fields, first year uh, under the new coach for him, still learning. Looked okay on Monday. Um, the rest of the team stepping up hasn't really made that look ugly against the Patriots. Uh, they, they manhandled the Patriots. They looked really good, but that's coming off a of bye week where they got, you know, didn't look so good the week before they went on bye. Monday night, prime time. It's good to win those games, but, you know, I, I Fields still has a long way to go, but he's getting there. Uh, the Packers, I, I'm I, I'm not surprised by this. Three and four. Like, I, I said, I've been saying ever since they traded Adams. And when Aaron Rodgers decided he had to be the only thing that mattered on that team, they were going to struggle. And for people to say the reason Adams was traded was for anything other than Aaron Rodgers not being clear on what he wanted is asinine. This team was going to pay Devontae Adams. They wanted to pay Devontae Adams. They wanted Devontae Adams there. They wanted him there with Rodgers. Rodgers had to do his whole woe is me prior to the 2021 season, 2020 season. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I want. I would rather be a Jeopardy host and play football, yada, yada, yada. And then he comes out looking like uh, a, a cast-off villain from Home Alone. Uh, now he's going out to um, press conferences and bathrobes. It's pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers just wants us to be all about himself and whatever goofy shit he's doing rather than I can't win. He'd rather be passive-aggressive than help find a solution. Um, I'm not surprised they're struggling because the only time they won anything was when they had an elite-level defense on that team. And all Rodgers had to do was hand the ball off and not turn it over. So anybody who wants to sit there and say Rodgers is the GOAT uh, is just apparent you don't know how stats operate. And, um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a great regular season quarterback. But unless he has an elite defense around him, he just pulls a Russell Wilson in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, there's there's my people getting mad at me comment for the week. Uh, but, I mean, I'm I, not surprised by this. Pleasant surprise for me is the Vikings. I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, but he's played well. Justin Jefferson is absolutely in a conversation for the best receivers in the league. The kid is an absolute star. He's a stud. Um, Adam Thielen is an amazing receiver. And when you make Adam Thielen almost a non-topic because you're that good, that's saying something. Dalvin Cook is doing totally fine. He's doing what they're asking him to do in that new offense. It's not a run-based offense now with Jefferson and Thielen. It's now a more offensively pass-based or pass-based offense. And and it's probably better for Cook, too. He's not getting beat up as much. He's not doing 35 carries a game, so he's not getting banged up. That team seems to really have found something, and they're winning close games, too. They're winning games that they probably shouldn't win, which is how, I'm going to say it, that's how championship teams get things done. Well, I I guess I want I want to give a little positivity to the Lions, even though oh, I did too. I, I tried. I, I want to give I just want to give a little bit more. I, I like what you said about all the other teams. I, I agree with them and and Packers. They need to figure their stuff out because they wasted a first round pick on a quarterback because their quarterback is a crybaby. And now they've wasted that first round pick. And I think, I think I said um, before, before the draft, they could probably get a third or a second. 
his value just at this point you can get they a team could get a sixth round pick for for him i think in my opinion um but the detroit lions look they're building something what they need to do is and i've seen rumblings and grumblings out of detroit like let's let's be honest detroit you're building you're building you can say the same thing about atlanta they're building they have a better record they are in a different position than you you're building a team maybe you need to shift to a new quarterback maybe you don't maybe you have the answer right there and you just need to put more pieces on defense and have them a little bit more seasoned. that might be the answer because right now they're in position where they're going to have yet again the first overall pick in the draft and they will have to make a decision do they want cj stroud do they want hinden hooker do they want bryce young or are they going to trade it away and honestly i don't know what i would do right now if i were the detroit lions you're that bad right now and a lot of the problems as as we found out chris firsthand watching the patriots just literally run over that team they need to fix their defense yeah and and that's it, it's indicative because they have uh 194 points scored on them which is only bested by the saints with 200 points scored on them as as collectively so that could count as special teams and um offensive points so or um defensive scores but that's where i think they need to build from and and you need to stay true to with with dan campbell for now because like we know one year you might not see much improvement so you need to give it time and that's what i think they need to do and i like what you said about a, a saint brown however uh there is a little bit of an injury concern with him yeah, yeah. how i know is because he's my number one receiver <laughs> and there's been some weeks that I haven't been able to plug him in because Yeah. And then there was one week where he just went off and won me the won me the week. So I like what he does. TJ Hawkinson, absolutely. Nice nice tight uh tight end receiver. Uh unfortunately they lost DJ Chark this week. I don't know if it's uh for the full full season or not, but um, supposedly they're getting DeAndre Swift back. They're, they have some pieces where they can build it together. They yep. need to add a couple more, in my opinion. And I think it, they need to center on defense. That's where I think they need to center on. Because, honestly, Jared Goff, do you think Jared Goff has been the problem for this team? No, honestly, no. I, th I thought he would be, but he's he's been okay. He He's... I don't want to say passable because, you know, he's had 1,500 yards. He's got 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. It's not great. It's not much worse than – honestly, it's not much worse than what uh, Kirk Cousins has done. The difference between Kirk Cousins and, and Jared Goff is, one, running back position, and two, the number one receiver – number one and number two receiver positions. You have, as you pointed out, Justin Jefferson. He's stacked right up there at number one. So 
I'll be interested to see in the next few years where Detroit kind of leans toward. But I think as an organization, you just stand pat and just keep building pieces on top of what you have. And that defense can get righted if you put enough pieces in. And it's not just because they've spent their first-round pick on a Michigan Wolverine. Yeah, and before I move on to the the NFC East real quick, uh, you know, Detroit, like I said, is Goff the problem. Goff and the offense aren't the problem. They score more points than any other team in that that division. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, they're right there above average. I mean, you have a couple of teams that have scored really, really well. The Eagles have scored 161. Uh, the Saints have scored 175, actually. For 215, they've scored, I believe, looks like, yeah, they're they're, they're one of the top teams in the NFL as far as scoring goes. They just can't stop anyone. And, you know, the Lions' problem is they've also given up far more points than anybody else in that division. They've allowed 194 points with a, for a net differential of negative 48. By far the worst in the league. Second place is negative 18 with the Packers. Uh, it's it just, you can score all you want. You can't stop anybody. You're not going to win anything. And then you have the top team, like the Bills, who have allowed, yeah, they've had a bye week, but so have the Lions. And the Bills have only allowed 81 points all season. The only team under 100, mind you, by by a lot. So, um, yeah, you got to focus on that defense because, I mean, yeah, when you're a team like the Lions, you struggle as long as they have. You say, well, what do you actually do? Because we've tried drafting the high offensive players. We've tried drafting the high defensive players. They had, uh, who's there? Henderson? Hendricks? Like the kid they drafted this year, number two? For? Uh, from for the Lions, for Detroit. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. I knew it was an H name. A- Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah. I mean, he's, I guess, done pretty well. But, I mean, he's a first-year player. So, mm-hmm. who knows what kind of impact. They've had they drafted Jeff Okuda really high. Mm-hmm. They've drafted high defensive players. Um, whatever reason, they can't seem to get big-name free agents there. And they just, the draft picks don't pan out the way they think they will. And this is a habitual thing. This is a, a going on. Going on over two decades of incompetence because they just they can't draft well, and I mean yeah okay, Swift looks really good. Amara St. Brown looks great. Can't stay healthy. You're the best player in the world if you're on injured reserve all the time. You're not helping anybody, so it's tough. Okay, on to the East. Uh, we have the surprise Eagles at six and zero, Giants at six and one, Cowboys five and two, Commanders at three and four. Um where to start with this division? I mean, yeah, it's surprise Eagles are 6-0, but I think a lot of people thought they'd be a pretty good team, so they're not, like, the biggest surprise. Cowboys, with all the money they've spent, should be a winning team. Uh, the biggest surprise for me, and I think a lot of people, maybe in the entire league, is the New York Giants at 6-1. You know, they won the first couple of games, and you're like, oh, okay, they're not playing the best, but they're winning. It's, you know, they're getting some lucky breaks. Six, there's nothing lucky about 6-1. and one. You're playing good. You're winning when you have to. You're doing what you need to do. A lot of players who have been underperforming are performing now. And it makes you wonder, uh, you know, what... It just... it. It's weird because they had Evan Ingram for a long time. It's still not going to Evan Ingram, but he couldn't stay healthy. And he's, oh, he's a, he's a wide receiver at a tight end's body. Okay, great. He's a wide receiver in a tight end's body on the sideline, not making plays because he's injured. No knock, but that's he was injury prone. 
then you, you you pay Kenny Galladay exorbitant money to come in. Kenny Galladay, a guy who, by the way, we both thought his last couple of years in Detroit, he was going to be the next breakout receiver in this league. He was going to be a massive star. But he goes to a team that just blatantly doesn't suit his offensive style, which I don't blame him for. He no. signed this contract. That's a team thing. Whoever was in charge made the wrong call there. Saquon's been healthy, and he's been an impact player. He's proved that when healthy, he can stay on the field like he did his rookie year. Uh, healthy, stay on the field. That's that's great. Great analysis. When he's healthy, he can make an impact in the offense. And Daniel Jones, I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's not costing them games. He's doing what he has to do. He's playing well. And he was a 100-yard rusher last week. I mean, this kid's doing what he needs to do. Uh, right now, this is just proof that you don't have to always let up the scoreboard to, to win games. I mean, look, look at this this point differential. I'm, I know I've mentioned it before. I'm not trying to dwell on it, but they've they've scored 150 and they've allowed 130 for a net of plus 20. So you don't need you need to win games to win close games in this league. Like I said about the Vikings, you get where you want to go. Giants are doing that. They're six and one. If it wasn't for an incredible Eagles run that, that they're on right now, and they don't look to be slowing down anytime soon, honestly. This Giants team, I mean, they could be winning the division, and they very well still could. It's, I think I want to stick with the Giants because you kind of know what the Cowboys were going to be, sort of, and we kind of knew what the, um, Eagles were going to be obviously not 6 and 0 but we kind of knew they were going to compete and it was going to be just how bad were the commanders going to be how bad were the giants going to be and it's a surprise and i brought this up i think like 2 or 3 weeks ago and, I, and i'm going to bring it up again it's like this this situation with daniel jones and saquon barkley i think both being free agents this offseason not getting their fifth-year options picked. Or I think Saquon did, um, and Daniel Jones uh, didn't. But I think they're both free agents at the end of the year. It's an interesting dynamic on which way this franchise is going to turn because you, you're building up all this equity in the, fran, uh, in, in the fan base of, of success and, and moving forward and progressing. And they're looking at these two players, and it's like they've been just – nothing the past two two three years and now all of a sudden oh they're kind of pivotal to what we're we're doing on offense especially uh saquon barkley and do you really want to take a step back in as far as daniel jones and take a step back as far as saquon barkley and try to move in a different direction at both those positions when you've already made a decision that Kenny Galladay is clearly not the answer. No. Probably be cut at some point in the offseason. Kadavius Tony is obviously not the answer because they just traded traded him for a six. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And this Certainly is not a, the first round pick they spent on uh, him. Yeah. And Sterling Shepard, who's been in and out all season, He's not their number one receiver. It's, it's Richie James, Saquon Barkley, and it's Darius Slate. That's your that's your three top receivers, and none have eclipsed 200 yards yet this season. 
So it's almost they're building a defense. And that's a, that's a plus because you want, you know, if your offense cannot, it struggles. And you're concerned about the health of your running back and your, and your quarterback. A good defense kind of helps solve yeah. that problem. Yep. However, if I'm the Giants front office, I have to look at it and say, okay, well, we can't be totally anemic on offense by saying Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, goodbye. Because now what's your offense? And they're not getting a top first round pick. So they're no, not going to resolve no. that. So I think we'll we'll dive into this more in the offseason, but boy, this this six and one run so far and, and how it goes into the future for the rest of the season, it's gonna make it hard on this organization to decide what they're gonna do. Because if I'm Daniel Jones, I want the maximum amount contract I can get right now. You didn't give me a fifth year option. I want a max contract. Same with Saquon Barkley because he's got he's got a he's got a cash in right now. He can't he can't wait for another contract. He's got a cash in now. Yeah, he certainly does. And the Giants are going to have, uh, based on current standings and, and next year, they're going to have the third most cap space. The Bears, the Bears have a hundred almost one hundred and twenty one million dollars in cap space. Uh, so if they can get on track and get a couple of key key parts in, that team could be dangerous. The Falcons have 63, and the uh, Giants and Patriots are very, very close at 3-4 and four with uh, over about 61.5 each. So this team has the money to spend. It's This is where it gets really tough with quarterbacks and why the recent quarterback contracts have really muddied the waters. You have your elite-level guys. Like those guys aren't available. But do you want to take a step back from what you have built with Daniel Jones? And bring somebody else in. You've seen several teams bring in big name free agent quarterbacks or trade for them. It has not panned out. So, do you pay Daniel Jones? Do you hope he's reasonable for his talent level, and you can get a three or four year deal that's affordable and doesn't hurt your team? Or do you have to go over the top and pay him way more than he's worth just to make sure you have that guy? It's a tough one because he said they're not going to have a top pick this year. I mean, hell, even if they lost the rest of their games now, they still wouldn't have probably have a top five pick. And you know Saquon, you gotta pay Saquon. He's proved he's proved it. He's healthy. I mean, you gotta take that chance. He's gonna stay healthy. I mean, he clearly wants to. Nobody wants to be injured. I don't think anybody thinks the guy's sandbagging it. He just he's been injured. It's tough. Now he's he's healthy and he's performing, and they have the money. They can't justify to their fan base. Yeah, we finally built this team. We have this coach. We have our offensive line is finally functioning after so much money in free agency and, and top picks. It's finally where we need it to be. You know, I agree. Kenny Galladay will be gone, so uh, it's a bright future for this team as long as they play a few things right. You can't overpay for Daniel Jones. Just sign Saquon. Just enough of it. You have to do it. You can't even if you let Jones walk. You have to keep Saquon. But we shall see. But man, they could. This is a crossroads for them in the offseason where they can continue to just be better and build, or completely screw it up and end up back in the basement and it, it's it's really tough for teams to navigate those waters but people they have in charge have seemed to have done well the last couple of years and Brian Dayball seems to have the players confidence and building a good team there so we shall see I know being a Patriots fan living in New York <laughs> now which is always the opposite I always was a 
Patriots fan and I had people from New York living around me. Uh, I live in uh, eastern, far east, almost to the, like, the, the mass border, so it's not as bad, but it's like, oh, there's giant stuff everywhere. Great. But let's move on to the AFC. Uh, huh. All right. AFC West. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a weird division. Chiefs five and two, Chargers four and three, Raiders two and four, and Broncos two and five. Uh, we thought this would be the best division in football, even if the records didn't really reflect it. Uh, competition wise and on the field play, we thought this would be the best, at least the most explosive division in all of football. Man, has this been a giant? You know, like when you light a firecracker or something and it just it kind of fizzles and it doesn't, it goes like, well, pop. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much what this whole division has been so far. Oh, yeah, it's not, as as much as the NFC East has surpassed what we thought it would be, this division has come up short in just about every way uh, as far as excitement with play. The Chiefs, not surprising that they're, you know, they have Mahomes, they have a solid defense, uh, the coaching's in place. They brought in guys that, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill, but to give Mahomes options. Kelsey's a beast. Not really surprised. Chargers went out and, you know, they traded for Khalil Mack. They got J.C. Jackson. Everybody criticizing the Patriots, as usual. Uh, huge mistake letting him go. Yeah, well, he was a bust and then ended up getting injured last week and uh, will be out for the season. So we'll see him back on the Patriots at some point in the next couple seasons when when he gets released and comes back home. Uh, Jamie Collins can pick him up from the airport when he's on his ninth stint with the team. Uh, Raiders. Uh, Josh McDaniels is offensive kryptonite. I don't know what else to say. Uh, and the Broncos uh, traded for damaged goods. <laughs> they traded a lot for Russell Wilson, paid him a lot of money. Uh, financially crippled their franchise, uh, which is not new to them, but great defense. Defense looks awesome. Offense should be lighting it up, should be competing with KC. Just nowhere near it. They were better off with Drew Locke last year. Russ has been a disappointment. Uh, and for me to pick, to pick the biggest surprise, um, I'd have to go, I'd have to go with the Broncos. I thought bringing Russ in there, I don't I don't think Russ was an elite level quarterback. I've said that many times. I think he's just was just a tier under. But it, it's amazing to me that Pete Carroll was able to mask this guy's inefficiencies in Seattle as well as he was. And Russell still got the credit while Pete Carroll got dogged for how he ran that team, when in reality it was him making Russ look good. Uh this guy has been a backup caliber this year. He's done nothing. And he's been with the exception of the past couple of weeks, relatively healthy. You just have to get the job done. And that, that, that's a surprise to me at this level. Uh, I'm honestly disappointed with all three teams outside of the Chiefs. Uh, Chargers are underperforming, in, in my opinion. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to... What I'm going to say is is not an original thought by me, but when I when I saw, uh, I think it was Emmanuel Acho, um, I saw a clip on Twitter. I didn't see it um, on his show. But we honestly, at this point, 
and I agree with him. We need to kind of step back from Justin Herbert being up in that class with the rest of them. Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. We need to, we need to take him down and say, you need to come back down here. You need to work on some stuff. You need to lead this team to something um, more than just that first year where you, you came yeah. on and see him on yeah. fire. Okay? Yeah. That's what we need to do. Uh, Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders and Russell Wilson and the Broncos, this, this has just turned into an absolute bloodbath of a division. And, and the scary part for the Chiefs is, is that they're one game ahead of the Chargers. Yeah. But looking at the offense, it's a, it's a pretty good offense. They're they're finding ways to win and they're getting production. Not not consistent production like they did have they had with Tyreek Hill, but they're getting production from the receiving position mostly every week from different players here and there. And I I, I like what they're doing there. It'll be interesting what, what Tony can do for them. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be anything, but, hey, six-round pick for a talented wide receiver who has speed and, and, and abilities that garnered him a first-round um, selection. I think in the right offense, maybe he can pro- provide some boost. But now you just got a bunch of options for Pat- Patrick Mahomes. And as long as you have that pillar of Travis Kelsey at a high level, I think they can continue down the dominance uh, of this division until one of these three other quarterbacks and their, their, their offense provides more of a consistent structure than what they've given this, this year. Yeah, I, 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 real quick, I get what you're saying about Herbert because I've been guilty of it too. After that rookie year came out, I put him, I've chosen him as potential league MVP for the past couple of seasons, and I think he has that in him. I don't put a lot of this on him, uh, only because, uh, you know, this offense has scored, but unlike Denver's offense has been anemic. They scored the second most points in the division behind Kansas City, which is just astronomical. I think they might be the highest. Highest scoring team, KC, in the league, which isn't really a surprise. Yeah, they are by quite a bit. Uh, so the B second place to them isn't anything to be ashamed of. And their defense is one of the worst in the league after they put all that stock into it. It's got 189 points for a minus 25 net differential. So, and they're still four and three. So I wouldn't, I understand, I get what people are saying until, you know, Josh Allen hasn't won an MVP. Which is odd to not have won an MVP and to not have gotten to the Super Bowl. But all you have to do is watch Josh Allen to know he makes that team. He, he's the cog in that team, especially that offense. Uh, Mahomes has won Super Bowl and MVPs. Uh, and Lamar's won MVPs. And, you know, obviously we know how legit he is. Yeah, Herbert's not there. He's not on their level. Uh, but he's certainly not a schmuck and he's certainly not a letdown. Uh Keenan Allen's also been out all season, with the exception of week one. He came back last week, didn't have much of an impact. Obviously, first week back from injury. I've always said Mike Williams is the Manny Ramirez of football. <laughs> like He'll make some of the most spectacular catches in the world, and then he'll, he'll drop that routine pop fly to shallow infield. Like it, it, it's, it, it's, it's 
hasn't changed. Eckler has been great when healthy. So, I mean, and look, Herbert, for all we can say about him, the dude played through a broken rib. You could have taken that time off. Like, he's shown leadership. There's some intangibles that aren't always stats on the field, too. So, I get he's not at the level of Mahomes, even though I have put him there from time to time. But he's certainly not, he's certainly not, oh, this guy's a bust level either. So, I think we need to give him a little leeway there. Yeah, I just, I just said we're, we're bringing him down off yeah. that level. He's not there. No. Because outside, and I understand he's a big cog in the offense. Outside of Travis Kelsey, what does the Chiefs have? Not a whole lot. So he is he is taking talent as as great quarterbacks tend to do. Oh yeah, yeah. Similar to what a uh, Tom Brady has done in his career. Yep. Outside of Tampa Bay, um, is just taking talent and elevating them, and that's what he's done. And I just think I want to take I want to take Justin Herbert, and I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna bring you back down off that top tier. And I need to see consistency. I need to see playoff victory. I need to see the progress that we've seen from Lamar, that we've seen from Mahomes, that we've seen from Josh Allen. That kind of puts I I would say I would put those three at at the top tier right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. They're at a top tier by themselves. Yeah. Albeit Mahomes has a Super Bowl ring. The other two don't, but you've seen progress yep. from each and every one each and every year. And that's – that's I don't know if we've seen that yet. And maybe we'll see it throughout the rest of this year and, and the team turns around and is more consistent. But right now I'm, I'm taking him and I'm putting him off that top tier and I'm saying I need to see more. Take him off the top tier but keep him on deck. Mm-hmm. He'll be back there soon. All right. Uh, AFC South. Oof. Titans at four and two. Colts three and three and one. Yep. <laughs> Jaguars two and five. Houston one, four and one. Uh, biggest surprise for me. Look, the Texans. We're thrown for a whirlwind. They thought they had their quarterback for the future. They drafted Davis Mills, who I still think has something. Uh, not necessarily an elite-level talent, but I think he can still develop into something respectable. Jaguars have shown flashes. They haven't been completely miserable. They have a, 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 a plus net point differential. Defense has looked really good. Offense is developing. Um, you know, And not every player is going to come in and kind of command an offense all the way like Lamar and Mahomes did. Like we said many times, Josh Allen didn't wasn't Josh Allen until year three. And Lawrence is only in year two, so we'll, we'll hold off on that because he's seen flashes. Titans do what the Titans do. Uh, they're somehow in first place with a negative 13-point differential. Uh, but they're 4-2, and two, and they're, they're seemingly back to Tannehill making throws he needs to make when he needs to make them. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he's going to be good enough to not lose you games. And you run the ball at Derrick Henry, and that's their formula for winning. And it's still working for them. Colts. Uh, Colts. Uh, <laughs> this was an elite defense two years ago. This is a defense that 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 
people were actually scared of two years ago. Uh, and the best offensive line in the game. And they had Phillip Rivers. And they didn't make it to the uh, they made it to the postseason. I don't know. But it wasn't ever going anywhere. Jonathan Taylor looked good. Really good. Solid rookie year. Going to year two. Then they trade for Carson Wentz. We're on, uh, you know, the second attempt at finding our, our, our starter uh, after uh, Andrew Luck's unceremonious retirement. And the Wentz experiment looked okay at first. Um, all he had to do was not make mistakes and just hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor, who was an absolute beast behind that offensive line. Should have gotten more consideration for league MVP, and I think he would have had they not blown it to the worst team in the in, in, in the league last year on the last day of the season, the Jaguars, and not made the playoffs. So, move on to this year. Everyone expecting Jonathan Taylor to perhaps, perhaps chase for 2,000 yards. Uh, you get Matt Ryan in, who is a clear passing upgrade over Carson Wentz. I mean, a clear passing upgrade. Even a 30, late 30s, Matt Ryan. It's going to come in there with that defense and that offensive line and that running game. And he's going to make better throws to a not stellar, but good receiving core. There's some good players on there. Michael Pittman Jr. is certainly not bad. Uh, the other kid there, he had a uh, um, uh, Parrish. Parrish. Campbell. Paris Campbell, yes. Uh, certainly a suitable receiver. They have some decent tight ends. Got Matt Ryan in there now. People are talking about this team being a Super Bowl contender. This team contending with the Bills and the Chiefs. And let's face it, right now, the two main threats in the AFC, the two consistent teams, the teams you don't want to see on that last Sunday of conference play are the Bills and the Chiefs. And they're probably going to be seeing each other again, so let's be honest. And the Colts have been a massive disappointment. The defense has been not great, although the offense being so bad, I think, makes them look worse because they have a lot of 140 points, and there's a lot of teams that have a lot, a lot more. But they've only scored 113. They have that tie against the Texans opening day. So that whole big thing about how good they were going to be and they were going to dominate and they were going to kill it really got disrupted day one. Now... Uh, Matt Ryan is in bench for the year. Uh, they're going to bring in the kid. Um, uh, uh, you, you want me to do it, Chris? God, no, I don't. I have a ton of his rookie cards, too, and I can't remember his damn name now. Because uh, he was like, he was, the on-running joke was like, for a while during that, because he was drafted two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't last year. It's, um, um uh, yeah, go ahead. Sam Mellinger. Sam Mellinger, there we go. Yeah, the on-running um, joke for Texas. people who, who collect... Uh, collect cards was you get your 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 routine Sam Ellinger card in that pack because <laughs> it was just everywhere and I remember saying if some of these guys are worth it or ever ever actually pan out then these cards are going to be worth a fortune that's great I'm going to go with Ellinger uh, and quite honestly Matt Ryan's looked awful can't do much worse I mean what are you going to do lose and underperform with Ellinger in there you already were anyways with Matt Ryan in there and you may as well at this point it's clear that bringing in a veteran and changing it every year or two is not working for the Colts. So you need to see if what you have as a backup with Ellinger has any potential, something you can develop. Will he? Won't he? Who knows? We'll get to, get to watch it on the field and see how it, how, how it pans out. But the Colts have to be biggest disappointment in this division and I'd say top three in the entire league this year. 
I'm gonna be honest with you, Chris, and I'm pretty sure I said this preseason. Nothing surprised me about this division. Nothing. This division rested on one person. That was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was fully healthy. It's the Titans division. Outside of that, anything could happen. I and I, I get everything you said. Houston is one and four and one right now. They could win this division. Jacksonville's two and five. They could win this division. Mm-hmm. Colts could win this division. The Titans could pull away. I, I have no faith right now in any one of these teams to pull out in front. Because I feel like at some point, because the guy, they I can't believe they did this too. They traded A.J. Brown because they didn't want to pay him. And they drafted Traylon Burks with that pick in the first round. Where is Traylon Burks right now, Chris? Don't know. He is on injury reserve. Oh, shocking. So, and I, and I get it. You know, A.J. Brown wasn't A.J. Brown in his rookie year, but I'm pretty sure A.J. Brown played his entire rookie year. So right now they're, they took two steps back at wide receiver with trading A.J. Brown. And they tried to take at least a you know one step forward by tra- by by drafting Burks, but now they don't have him. Robert Woods is not the answer because he's not a number one. Like that, the ideal situation would have been AJ Brown, Robert Woods, running game, boom. You have your you have your answers right there, and that trade of AJ Brown, I think, changed changed how Tennessee could cement themselves as the division winner for the next two to three years. They made decisions. That's fine. You make that decision. I just think this, this division's at this point, a crap shoot, to be honest. Um, and going forward for the rest of the season, I mean, it, it's all in the hands of Derrick Henry, quite honestly, stays yeah. healthy, performs, They'll run through the entire division, to be honest. They're 2-0 in the division right now. It's four more games in division. I mean, they could go 6-0. And that pretty much will cement them as the division winner again. But I I believe in in this division right now, anything can happen. And no team has any definitive talented player that can – currently take their team and rise it above other than Derrick Henry. I was going to say, yeah, Derrick Henry, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tr- Trevor Lawrence isn't there yet. Uh, Davis Mills or any player on the... ETN's the making a run for it. He is. Oh, yeah. The, the, the two of them could, but I think right now in this existence in the world we exist in, the only player in the division that could impact the team's future for this season is Derrick Henry, and that's it. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what De- I don't know what Sam Ellinger is going to do. He wasn't like fantastic at Texas, but he was okay. He's yeah. mobile. He, he, but they're also playing with uh, Jonathan Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh uh, yeah, he's been banged up. I think he came back last week. I think. Could be so wrong, I, I, I just this division, 
this is what's going to happen in this division, Chris. They're going to be the number four seed in the playoffs, and they're going to lose to the wild card team in the first round, in uh, the wild card round. That's what's going to happen. And I'm not even going to yeah. tell you who the wild card yeah. team they're facing. It, it <laughs> could be literally, a lot of different teams. It yeah. literally will not matter. Yeah. It just won't matter. They're going to lose. Unless, uh, of course, you know, unless, of course, Derrick Henry just turns into a absolute beast of us. Which, God, my fantasy team needs him too so bad. Um, <laughs> my fantasy team is just a dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, I mean, the Titans had the best running back in that in, in that division and the best receiver in A.J. Brown. You mentioned A.J. Brown. He did play his entire rookie season. Uh, played all 16. Only started 11 for some reason because they had so much talent at receiver. Right. Uh, started 16 or played 16. 1,051 yards on 52 receptions. That's an average of 20.2 yards per catch. Right. Eight touchdowns. Uh, the following year, uh, 70 receptions for 1,075 and 11 receiving touchdowns. Third year, through no fault of his own, this is the year Derrick Henry uh, – no, no, this was right, – Derrick Henry was injured. That's probably what it was. They had to throw. That's probably what the problem was. Uh, 63 receptions, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, didn't play every game. He had a couple in, in injuries. Uh, a couple of these, the last uh, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, missed a couple of games each year. But by far the best receiver, I think, especially after DeAndre Hopkins got traded from the the Texans, uh, easily uh, top top receiver in, in in that division. And they decided to trade him, and they draft someone who can't stay healthy. And let's face it, folks, Derrick Henry's. Eric Henry's um, the tread's getting a little thin on the tires. I know he's not getting old, but I don't care how much of a beast you are. You can only take that run that many times and take that much abuse for so long. And it's going to start getting to a point in the next couple of seasons where you have to look past that. Tannehill is not an offensive weapon, but that's for them to worry about down the road. But uh, yeah, this team had a really bright future that they decided to muddy up because Tennessee. <laughs> that, that's that's why some teams are always competitive, and some teams are competitive for a few years at a time, and then struggle to find their footing for a decade. Um, that's why even teams like Pittsburgh, who aren't looking great necessarily right now, don't look completely lost, because they have incredible management and ownership. That brings us to the AFC North. The 5-3 and three Baltimore Ravens, or the 4-3 and three Bengals, Two and five Browns and Steelers, uh, and this division I think is actually a lot better than it even looks on paper. To tell you the truth, uh, the Ravens' defense has not been great, honestly. Uh, despite being five and three, they've allowed a lot of points, uh, more points than any team. Uh, you know, they have allowed the third most points, second most points in the entire. Third most points, third, in the entire uh, AFC. Uh, but lucky for them, they've scored the second most, so they're still 5-3. and three. Uh, The Bengals got off to a really bad-looking start, but they've they've come back 4-3. and three. Now they are going to lose Jamar Chase for the next four to six weeks, unfortunately for them, uh, and Ben's fantasy team, I believe. Yep. Because um, something happened. It was a leg or knee injury, foot, something. I don't know. I think it was a hip. Uh, oh, yeah, but it would be out four to six weeks. Um, 
I think they'll still be okay. That's that Joe Burrow has come back down to doing what Joe Burrow did last year. And they still have two really talented receivers with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And decent tight end play, good running backs, good line, uh, decent line. That seems to be getting better. And, you know, defense is solid. They haven't, you know, they've allowed only 132 points, so that's good. Uh, Browns. Eh, the Browns. They look good, they look bad. Um, you know, we'll see what happens when Deshaun Watson comes back. I think they'll be much better on the field, but will the distractions be too much? And how is Deshaun going to fare? Uh, to me, honestly, the biggest surprise, and it might not make sense at first, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because, yeah, they're 2-1-5. It's not great, but they haven't... I don't know. I don't look at this team, despite the fact they've only scored 107 points all year, I don't look at this team and go, man, they are screwed long-term. They got nothing. Mike Tomlin's got to go. Uh, they have TJ Watt's been out on defense. That hurts. The defense is still very, very good. Uh, and that offense isn't. It, look, they have a rookie quarterback in now, or no? They no, they don't. They have. Uh, they still they're got. Going, um, they're going back and forth, Chris. Trubisky. Yeah, they're kind of going back and forth, which is not what you should do. We'll get to that later. Mm. Um, but I think I think the kid came in because Trubisky was hurt. And then the kid got hurt, and then Trubisky came back. So I don't think it's actually indecisiveness. I think they're just dealing with some injuries there. I don't think Trubisky's the guy. Uh, I don't know if their rookie is the guy. Um, I know people seem really high on him. But I, I think they need receivers. That, they're having the same problem now they had with Roethlisberger. The receivers aren't catching the ball. Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson should be one of the most feared one-two punches at receiver in the entire league. They are they are that good. They have that talent. The problem is, much like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's now in KC, at least at least in the past, Claypool's been more worried about TikTok videos with Juju than catching the ball. And you can maintain that star status and act foolish in your downtime if you want to, like a T.O. did, or, or like a, a Chad Johnson did, or whatever he's calling himself now. If you're producing on the field, and if you're not, you're going to get told to shut up and practice harder. That's how it goes. Despite all that, I still think the Steelers are only an offseason away with that defense. Whether that means the guys you know, learn and adapt more, progress more, move further along, or they go out and get some free agents... I don't think this this team is not that bad off, and I think they've they've looked better at times than two one five. So, as far as like the division as a whole, I'm not really surprised on where everyone's sitting at. I, I kind of thought it was going to be Ravens Bengals um, with the injection of Deshaun Watson. We'll see what that kind of comes forward although the the browns are kind of so far behind i don't know if it's going to matter when he comes back the steelers i want to kind of just pinpoint real quick i think they made a mistake with kenny pickett i thought they should have went with malik willis i think he has more upside and as far as the competition in division with 
you know, Joe Burrow at the moment, Lamar Jackson, and then Deshaun Watson. I think you need a quarterback who has the potential to get to that level. I don't think Kenny Pickett can get to that level. Maybe he does. Maybe I'll be wrong. But as I've learned before, Chris, when I say something, I'm going to stick to it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, I'm looking at you, Daniel Jones. Because I backtracked again, and then look what happens. He's having this kind of season. So. You just changed something again. I know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Kenny Pickett's getting thrown into a bad situation after bad situation. He's got seven interceptions so far, which is mind-boggling. I think with their, with their Najee Harris, okay, uh, Deontay Johnson, their tight end, Firemuth, and the rookie uh, George Pickens. I think those three, they kind of have something. I'm out, been out on Chase Claypool for a while. Ever since the, uh, what was it? The He got the first down and he had to show off and, and do all oh, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And they lost time because... And it, it turned into a controversy because they could have spiked the ball, got the field goal. It, it It's a continued pattern with, and as strange as it is, it's only Steeler-wide receivers that it's a continued pattern. Like, the rest of the team is fine yeah, for the most part. But it's Steeler-wide receivers that just, for whatever reason, they just don't they, – they can't keep their – I don't know the other way to put it. They can't keep their shit together long enough to be uh, a productive wide receiver on the team. And then when they get too priced out, they go somewhere else and they flame out. But, I mean, look at Juju. Juju was on that path and he's now working on one-year contracts. So I like George Pickens. I like Deontay Johnson because Deontay's just going out there. He's doing his job. He's being a receiver, and that's all he's doing. Uh, and Fryermuth is another, you know, tight end for the Steelers, who are just they just be they just like linebackers. They're able and, and wide receivers. They're able to pick tight ends out of the draft and just have them produce. Which kudos to them. They, their talent evaluation is. Almost unmatched. I just think they picked the wrong quarterback. I think this is going to set back quite a bit, to be honest. We'll see how it is, but I just think it's going to set them back. Yeah, we'll see. Um, AFC East. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bills 5-1, and one, that's not a surprise. Uh, the surprise actually might be they've lost the game. That might be the surprise, considering their 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 ridiculous net point differential of plus ninety five. The defense has performed. The offense has done what we know they would do. One of the best teams in football by far, maybe the best. So, I mean, they're not a surprise. Uh, the Jets at five and two. I'll get to them in a minute. Mm-hmm. Dolphins four and three again. You know. Um, The weird thing is, you you watch Tua, and like he looks really good, but you don't look at him and go, "Oh, 
that's a guy like Mahomes where if he's out, this team just isn't the same. But Tua went out with a concussion and missed, I think, missed three games. I think so. That sounds about right. And they've lost three games, and they looked really good when he's been in there. And he's been, yeah, he has talented receivers, but he still has to make the throws, and he's been making the throws. And he's looked really good. Uh, and his team brought in a lot of help and free agency and traded for Tyreek Hill, drafted Jalen Waddle two years ago, which looks phenomenal. Both him and Hill are just killing it. And, uh, you know, not really a surprise, kind of a surprise, but not to the level of my other team that I'm going to pick. Uh, the Patriots, uh, yeah, three and four. Um I think they're in a really tough. They're in a tough division, uh, and they've have to get smarter. They have a lot of penalties that have have cost them yards at crucial points this season, and they have to get more consistent. Uh, Mac Jones is the starter of that team. I know the Bailey Zappi. I myself said a couple of weeks ago, if kid kept looking this good, there could be a controversy. We saw on Monday against the Bears, Mac started. Um, and I feel bad for the kid because he started. Everybody on that team says how hard he works, what a nice kid he is, how much he's put into it. He's a leader on that team. Uh, and then the Patriots uh, fans, I guess you can call them fans, at that game were booing him. Booing our second-year starting quarterback coming off of injury when he's running around the field with a bad ankle trying to make plays. Uh, this kid has proven, to me at least, that regardless of where the talent brings him, the effort is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 it. I was embarrassed as a Patriots fan that that's how a stadium full of seventy thousand so-called fans acted. Uh, but as I said before, I get in more arguments about football with Patriots fans than I do any other uh, fans of other teams because our fan base is is just toxic. It is honestly. Um, I've loved them since way before Brady. So seeing a rebuilding team. Yeah, it's not as much fun as watching them win 12 games a year, but seeing players develop and watching games and not knowing how it's going to play out is is pretty exciting, too. Zappies look good, and if, if he ended up being the guy, that's fine. I want my team to win, regardless of who it is. Uh, I still think it's Mac. I think we both agree on that. Um, And he's only going to get better, but I don't think... I don't think Belichick... Putting in Zappy on Monday is, is it the fans and the media for the Patriots are just as toxic as it gets. Like I'd, I'd rather take a bath in Chernobyl water, and that'd be less toxic than the freaking fan base and the media for the Patriots. It's it's asinine. Uh, like Mac was hurt. He came in. He wasn't making good throws, and he has already run three times on a bad ankle. And one thing Belichick has done is he's protected this kid from himself. We saw that last year. It was, I think, I think it was like week four or five. Matt didn't have a great start. And, you know, the media got on Belichick because they wanted a chance to get in front of Mac and tear him apart because the media is a bunch of, you know, hyenas. Right. Uh, and Belichick, you know, went over, talked to him on the bench and just had him go down to the locker room and said he's not available. That's protecting his young player. It's protecting his young player. And he knows that, especially being good friends with Nick Saban, he knows what this kid has. 
He, he drafted him for a reason. Belichick doesn't draft quarterbacks in the first round. He drafted this kid where he did for a reason. And he played it off like he didn't wasn't interested in him for a reason. Because if everybody knew Belichick wanted this kid, he wouldn't have made it out of the top five. People can say what they want about Belichick not being anything without Brady. But, yeah, you're wrong. And I think this year is proving it. Yeah, they got spanked on Monday by a team that came in and made the plays they had to play. The Patriots aren't the Patriots they were with Tom Brady all those years. It just it isn't that same team. They're building. They're building. And, and you see great games against not great teams being the Browns and the Lions. And they went in and they beat those teams handily. If they got, if they was a super competitive game or they got beat by either of those teams, I'd be worried. The Bears have an unknown commodity in Justin Fields. It was prime time. They were coming off a bye. They were excited. They were probably told for two weeks they weren't going to win this game. And they came in and hit the Patriots in the mouth and they won that game. No, no excuses. They got beat that time. I don't think it's the end of anything that can possibly happen because a young team lost to another young team. That's insane. The Bears had their number. That happens. This is not a franchise-crippling QB controversy. This is Belichick bringing Zappi in because Zappi's looked good the last couple of weeks. And he doesn't want Mac to be beyond repair. And... uh you know, now there's also, <laughs> as it turns out, I just thought Max's interception, the last one he made was a bad throw. It turns out it actually hit the Skycam cable, and that's why it looked like a lame duck when it was up in the air. And, uh, you know, and those things happen. I mean, it, it, it's in play. It's part of the field. Bears didn't do anything wrong on that. It, they took advantage of an opportunity, and that's what you're supposed to do. So, you know, no excuses, but uh, I, I, I think – we got a really good young quarterback, and Zappies look good, but Zappies not Mac. And um, let's, I mean, it gave Mac team captain for God's sake. Year two on a Belichick led team that has some good veterans. Let's give this kid a chance. It's not, he's not going to be, may never be Josh Allen, but he's not going to be anything approaching an upper echelon quarterback without time. He's not. It's not. He doesn't have the raw talent. He needs mm-hmm. to develop. Uh, having said all that, my surprise for this division is the New York Jets. Look, there's, there's. Uh, I'm a Patriots fan. The last thing I want to do is compliment the Jets, but they traded, uh, tr- traded. Excuse me. Yeah, they traded Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. and we know what a mistake we thought that was. Uh, whether it was or wasn't how he'd p- play in New York, who knows? He hasn't quite been the same player in Seattle, but he was great for that team. Made a habit of signing the wrong players, uh, not keeping the right players, drafting bad quarterbacks, um, just giving bad contracts, and then they bring in Robert Sala. And we were both upset when they did that because we knew he'd be a positive influence on this team. They don't feel like a joke anymore. They don't. Not only did they draft well this season, but they don't look like a joke. I don't. I don't get the feeling when I see the Jets on the schedule, it's like, Oh, well, they're going to do something to screw it up themselves. This team has their crap together, and and that's that's not a surprise it happened under Salah, but it's a surprise it happened in year two when there was so much flux early in the year at the quarterback position. Zach Wilson came back, what's going to happen? Well, they play a different style, but they still win, and they're they're going to be contenders. Then. They could be a playoff team, and that's a surprise to me. 
Well, I'm going to go in reverse, Chris. I'm going to I'm going to start with the Jets because obviously that's the biggest uh, biggest surprise of the division is we thought we might see just a continuation of the mm-hmm. the front office ineptitude of the New York Jets. Look, Joe Flacco came in and played admirably when Zach Wilson was down, and now Zach is in, and you know he's not putting up crazy numbers, but he's being effective and they're running the ball. And and to the point, Chris, Brees Hall was playing really fantastic football and he's out for the rest of the year. And what yeah. do they do? They shift gears and say, no, 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 we're not going to stop here. Yeah. Let's go get James Robinson. Let's, let's see if we can put him in. We still have Michael Carter. Let's keep this thing rolling. You know, we, we're, we're competition for the bills and and we're effective enough on offense and playing really good defense to where we can we can put Miami in it in, in a in a place where they need to be efficient on offense because that could be that that can be some of the issues with Miami is being efficient on offense because they can score points like that but if and just like for the 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 Kansas City Chiefs at some points, when that offense has to you know go down the field continuously, 10, 12, 13 plays, especially with Tua, I like Tua, but there's occasions where he can overthrow, he can underthrow, a little loose with the ball. Same with Tyreek. Same with Jalen Waddle. Anybody on that team is like. <sighs> If you get them in a position where they have to drive down the field, they might get a little happy and want to try to make that big play, and that's where the mistakes happen. I think that's where the Jets can get the other teams in their in their division. Look, they're they're looking good. I'll give them that. We'll see what the rest of the season turns into, but they're five and two. I'll be interested to see if the Jets can still continue this play with one Brees Hall is now not in and two Zach Wilson is not is not playing up to what you need from a starting quarterback to be a playmaker in in this league now in this division it might work to get you a wild card spot because Josh Allen is the top of the food chain in this division but we'll see yeah as far as the Patriots I'll try to keep it brief. Devin McCourty said something. Um, I don't know where he was at. He was on one of the radio stations, and I saw the uh, the transcript of the interview. The Patriots fans are spoiled, and 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 that and he wasn't saying that in a in a negative negative connotation, but it wasn't also positive. It was sort of they're spoiled because they've they've and when I say he's saying they, but we've experienced a unique 20 year run where there's now an expectation every single year, 12 wins, 13 wins. He's hundred percent. Right. By the way, he is. Oh, he absolutely is factual. And, and I was, I was watching the game against the bears and and I saw Billy Zappi. I'm like, Bailey Zappi said, wow. And you know, he goes down twice in a row two strikes for touchdowns well but 
that's where that's where the butt <laughs> yeah. comes into play because there were some pretty two pretty sick catches, one by Jacoby Myers and one by Devontae Parker. They don't make those catches. We're probably not talking about touchdowns. And after that, it was nothing. And and like you said, I think you you, you said it correctly. Bears had the number. That's what yeah. they, that day yep. the Bears had the Patriots number. They're a better That's team. Fun. I mean, it happens. They were more consistent on offense. They ran the ball. They passed when they needed to. They played excellent defense to the point where they traded their number one defensive player this past week. Uh, for the future, I would say it's it's Mac Jones until he goes on the field and loses it. He needs to lose it on the field. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't mean like a quarter or a half. I mean – he needs to go continuously each and every week and lose it and not have it anymore. Because I think I was I was puzzled by the fact that they were running the ball the previous weeks and all of a sudden there's no run game. So I think they need to figure out the offense and what they're gonna surround him with. And they have some nice pieces. But I needed the I need, think they need to figure their shit out. And that might be having a, a true offensive coordinator because I don't know what – I don't know if Matt Patricia is the answer. I don't know if Joe Judge is the answer, offensive coordinator. But you're taking a special teams guy and putting him in charge of the quarterbacks. You're taking a defensive coordinator, ex-head coach, and you're putting him in charge of the offense. And I think when you look at three and four, I think that's what – that's what the, that's what it is. As much as I know you wanted Josh McDaniels gone, he's gone. He's moved on elsewhere. I don't think I know you're you're happy for it. Uh, I don't think this was quite the answer we thought we were going to get. Is two guys who are clearly Belichick guys came back off of dreadful head coaching uh, regimes. And maybe we've seen some good stuff. We've seen some bad stuff. So there is, I'll give them some leeway, but I, I year two is, is really going to tell something. Uh, year two for them, year three for Mac Jones on what the future is. But look, Bailey did good things. He did the offense. He, he, he ran the offense how they wanted to run the offense. Is that successful in the NFL? Well, it is against two of the worst teams. But then he goes against a mid-tier team. This is what we have. With Justin Fields clearly starting to figure it out, this is what you get in a QB battle. And Patriots didn't have an answer. So, yeah. I, I if, if you're a Patriots fan out there, I would say – Put the Bailey Zappi era on the shelf where it belongs because the kid, it's his first year. He's not going to be much better than uh, than Mac Jones, I don't think. And I just want to see what Mac Jones can grow into. He's got two more years guaranteed. He's got a fifth-year option. We're looking at three more years after this. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think we've seen the best of Mac Jones. No. I, I like Thornton as a, uh, the yeah. draft pick Thornton. Yep. I like Devontae Parker coming to the team. Look, him and, him and Mac Jones haven't been able to connect well. Uh, but I think there's improvement coming along. And I like Damian Harris, but he's clearly – this is probably the last season for him with the Patriots because Ramondre Stevenson has – taking the role of the lead back and, and just literally running with it. Well, so his last year. They, they love having a one-two punch. Belichick will never have a primary runner. It, it's depending on the money, Chris. That's all I'm going to say. Depending on the money and availability. If you, do, if you, do you think, and it's a legitimate question, do you think Damian Harris commands the kind of money that's going to make it impossible for them to resign him? It, it's, it's what Bill wants. Yeah. And that dollar figure that he has in his head. That's true, yeah. Because... <clears throat> He he wants another James White. He wants yeah. another. Uh, don't we all? Um, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> yeah. He wants another Kevin Falk. That's yeah. what he wants. He doesn't want Shane Vereen. He doesn't want. Um. He wants another Danny Woodhead. You know, he wants guys. A screen, who, he wants a screen game back. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Yes. <laughs> that's what he wants. <clears throat> um. He wants a guy who is the right amount of dollars for the number two position at running back. Comes in on third downs. Excellent pass block. Very good in the check down. Very good in the screen game. That's what Damian Harris can be, and that's what the money he wants. Great. But I think the money, he's going to price himself out. And the money he's going to get is not going to be crazy. It's just we know what Bill wants. Yeah. He has a dollar figure for that player. But I think I think overall for the, the team, it's not going to be – they're not – I don't think they're going to get out of the cellar of the division this year. Is that a bad thing? I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think in this division, as good as everyone else is playing, that's really a damning thing, to tell you the truth. And and, and if you're out there as a Patriots fan, I think you need to look at the season and say, we as a fan base need a little bit of a humble pie. Yeah, yeah we need to. We need to know what it's like for many years. Because everyone can look at the Cam Newton years like, oh, well, we had Cam Newton. <laughs> it, it didn't work out. but And then we, oh, Mac Jones rookie year. Oh, well, we went to the playoffs, but he didn't, you know, we didn't do anything. But, hey, we made the playoffs. We need that humble pie where we're not good for a few years, where we're not top of dog in the division or even wild card contenders. And just look at the team and say, "Hey, they're building something." Well, I I had I had plenty of that during the uh, before Brady. I, I remember I've been I lived in this area with that area, New England area, my entire life, and I was in a fan my whole life, and I I saw plenty of down years, which is why for me, it's like to your point, yeah, this this is what happens. Like you're you're not what we just experienced with the Brady era was an oddity. It doesn't happen like that normally. So look how how good Aaron Rodgers is. In the regular mm-hmm. season. One ring. One ring, some disappointing playoff appearances, and people still consider him one of the greatest of all time. Reno never won a ring. You can argue he wasn't great. He was great. You can have greatness and not always win. I mean, it, it happens. And just to kind of follow up on something I said last week, I'm not making excuses here because you have to perform with who's on the field. You have to have the next man up mentality, which the Patriots do. This is just to prove how important I think a certain player is. I said last week, I think Kyle Duggar is going to be the next great homegrown Patriots defender, and I agree with that. 
that defense, especially that secondary, looked way different when he left. Matthew Judon is a beast, but if there's no fear in the secondary, he can only do so much. Once they figured out they could just throw over the top a little bit, they have to worry about Duggar being there, hitting people in the mouth, and, and doing what he does. Does a whole different defense. They went into the game thinking they had Duggar. He got hurt really early. Didn't come back. Uh, and, and, you know, that there's some defensive keys out for this team, too. So as good as they've played, uh, remember, a week ago at this time, we're sitting here thinking this team is in a different position than it is now. So that's how quickly things change from week to week. I don't think this team makes the playoffs this year, honestly. Like you said, I don't think it's a damning thing. I'm not swearing about it all upset. I think there's a lot of talent on this team that still needs to develop. Duggar's going to be a stud going forward. I'm thrilled they have Jude on. I think Tyquan Thornton, like you said, really excited about him. I'm really excited to see what Matt can do and become. And uh, there's a lot of other positives on this team. I know I have tickets to that Colts-Patriots game next Sunday. I'm going to be there. I'm wearing my Mac Jones jersey. I'm going to cheer for him. And um, I don't care what any of the other 60,000 bandwagoners there want to do. But I'm going to be cheering my team on. So That should be an easy win, though. Don't say that. <laughs> well, well, well. Here's the thing. Now, with what we just said about the Jets, the Jets aren't coming in this game 100 percent either. Because yeah, they traded for James Robinson, but they had the team the way they wanted it with Brees Hall, and Michael Carter backing up, and Wilson hadn't been playing great. Uh, the rookie receiver they drafted looked really good when when uh, Joe Flacco was in there. I can't believe I'm saying that, but now he and Zach Wilson don't quite have that same chemistry yet. And there isn't really a receiver that's lighting it up with Zach Wilson. It's been the running game. So now you have a division game with two teams that know each other exceptionally well. You have Wilson, who's not performing great, and Belichick really, really gives those kind of quarterbacks a hard time. I don't know what's going to happen in this game because depending on who's out for the Patriots, who's out for the Jets, you know, now we have Matt coming in, but now David Andrews isn't going to be playing in that game, who's his, you know, the veteran offensive lineman of that unit in the center, which is right. super important. So many elements. This game could be incredibly exciting or a just a sloppy mess that one team wins like 14 to 13 and just get out of there with a win. Real quick, I just want to run down the schedule for you to see the, the rest of the year for this team to see what realistically they can do. Okay. They haven't even played the Bills yet, which isn't good. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, so we got the Jets this Sunday, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll say that's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Colts, winnable game. Yep. So there's there, we'll say there's five and four. The Jets again in, in, in Gillette. I'm going to say that's winnable again. Um, So six and four. And then they have the Vikings. I don't think they win that game. In Minnesota, so... Not that it matters. They're both cold weather teams anyways, but uh, that's a priority loss. Bills is probably a loss. Depending which Cardinals team shows up the following week. Um, so now, now we're 6-6. Six and six. Cardinals, coin toss. I'll give them benefit of the doubt. They play good defense. Patriots do. I'd say they win that game. So they say 7-6. Raiders? They didn't beat the Raiders. 8-6. Uh, and then they have to end the season, the Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills. And if everything maintains as it is, they could be ending the season on a three-game losing streak. So they finish 8-9. and nine. 
I don't think that's the worst team in the world. As long as they don't get embarrassed. They did were embarrassed by the Bills in the playoffs last year. The Bills just look great. And they just torched them in every aspect of the game. They don't have any losses like that. Then a loss isn't always a loss. They looked really good against Green Bay, who at the time was playing really good. But they got beat. If they could have maintained a drive and Matt didn't make some bad throws, they probably could have beaten Baltimore. Uh, there, there's some couple teams they should have won. So even in their losses, they haven't looked atrocious. Except for Monday night. So, I mean, this is a young team that's developing. I mean, give it time. Next year at this time, he could be sitting here going, oh my God, Max an MVP candidate, and Ramondre Stevens is, is rushing for over 100 a game, and Taekwon Thornton just looks phenomenal, and this team is back where they were four or five years ago. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll be saying, oh God, another busted draft. Who knows? Who knows? But that's the fun of this league. You don't really know. There's a lot of teams that have really panned out this year and a lot of teams that have been major letdowns. And I think some of the best stories in the league are in the NFC where people were really down on how much talent went from NFC to AFC, but they still made it work. And it's proof, like we always say, you can have an all-star team, but if there's no chemistry, it's not really going to matter. A good team, a well-coached team, is always going to be a star, a team of really good individual players. So, that's my more than two cents. All right, what, what was the uh, question you had for me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, something I saw, I think it was on Bleacher Report. It was the, uh, oh, where is it now? Can't find it now. Where are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, biggest veteran quarterback, quote, disaster this year. And, uh, you know, teams that we thought were going to be stellar, they just didn't end up panning out with their quarterback. Uh, the options were Wentz to the Commanders, Baker to the Panthers, Ryan to the Colts, or Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I know what I would pick. I think I know what you'd pick, too. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's Ryan. You think so? You think he's more of a disappointment than Russell Wilson? There was there was an un, I think there was still an unknown factor of what the Broncos could be, okay. As a team collectively, the Colts. Oh, insert Matt Ryan. Oh, Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl contender. I think it's part part and parcel because of the division he is in, where Russell went to a division that had Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what the Chargers did collectively as a team, and then the Raiders getting the number one. Uh, wide receiver in the game, I think that kind of looked at as, okay, they're a good team, but where where do they sit in that division? Because they could end up fourth with a good record. Whereas Colts, oh, Matt Ryan, he's the answer. He's going to resolve all the quarterback issues. Put him in the playoffs, number two, number two seed, number three seed, boom, we're going into the AFC championship game. I think it's why Matt Ryan's the biggest veteran bust because of the hype around the team and just the fact that they didn't need much to run that division. And Matt Ryan has not given them what they needed. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I can see that point. I'm, I'm still going to personally take Russell Wilson and the Broncos only because people put Russell Wilson 
continuously with every every year. He's the MVP of the first four weeks of the season. Well, until this year. Uh, and then he kind of falls off, and it's always everyone else to blame. He never has to shoulder any of the blame, no matter what. And, um, you know, his teams are perennial, perennially playoff teams. But, again, that goes to how well Pete Carroll and that management and coaching staff of the Seahawks, the job they did to kind of cover up some of Russell Wilson's inefficiencies to the point where they got a really good haul from him from the Broncos, who then brought him in, made him the face of the team, Paid him exorbitant money, and he's been an absolute flop. And uh, I think because of the money they spent on him, like, yeah, the Colts are going to have to pay Matt Ryan this year and next year probably. A lot of money, but eh, whatever. It's a couple of seasons that happens a lot in this league. Broncos are going to be paying Russ for a while. A lot. At least the next four or five years. And even if he's not with the team, they're going to have to give him a lot of money. They really can't get out of this in a decent way without it hurting their team financially. So that's what I went with that one. But I do understand your points on that, Ryan. Uh, what do you got for a score now? What's going on over there? It is 30-21 Ohio State. There's under seven minutes left. Penn State's driving. All right. Well, here's hoping. I mean, they could. Yeah, you never know. It Probably not, a- but you never know. It loses a little luster on on the end of November if the Ohio State comes in with one loss. Oh, it, dude, think about it this way. They come in with one loss, you guys have a chance to be the nail in the coffin and make sure they don't make it to the college football playoffs. Oh, there's still the Big Ten championship after that. Because that's, that's the crazy part, Chris, is that Michigan and Ohio State and, Ohio, and Penn State are all in the same division. None of those teams can face each other in the Big Ten Championship because they're in a different division. Or in the, they're in the same division. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's literally, like, just the way it's structured right now with yeah. four teams going in, it's almost like it's either Ohio State or Michigan that could go in. But then they have to win their Big Ten Championship still, too, which is the other division is such a joke. It's, it's just a foregone conclusion that whoever comes out of the East Division, it just they're just gonna run right through whoever comes out the West. But <laughs> it, it loses a little bit in, in my opinion because I think I think Michigan will be undefeated going into the game uh at the end of the November and I think yep. Ohio State's gonna be undefeated. So but last year it was um both teams had no Michigan had one loss, Ohio State was undefeated and that propelled Michigan to the Big Ten Championship and then into the college football playoff. So there was a lot there. Uh, I, I, I'd be, I'd be, I just want to see an undefeated Michigan team beat an undefeated Ohio State team. That's all. Of I course, want. that's all I want. That's all I want, Chris. That's all you want for Christmas? There you go. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode one ninety. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast. Leave a rating and a review. Subscribe and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next week. Thank you.